The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. The opinions expressed in the Rough House podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground, MCW, The Hearst Corporation, Spectre, The Weyland-Yutani Corporation, Aperture Laboratories, The Tyrell Corporation, InGen, The Nakatomi Corporation, Disney, The Umbrella Corporation, Cyberdyne Systems, or the casting crew of Sons of Anarchy. Prepare yourself for a wrestling program unlike anything you've ever heard before. It's what we call a global killer. The end of mankind. Doesn't matter where it hits. Nothing would survive, not even bacteria. My God. Two internationally recognized podcast heavyweight champions collide to bring you a podcast for the ages. We might survive despite what they do. Some might survive. But not much. May God have mercy on our souls as we unleash the Rough House Podcast 2.0 with Justin Thunder Schlegel and Christoph Lightning Michaelot. Welcome to the Rough House version 3.0 soft launch. Oh, now, buddy. This feels good, bud. Oh, I missed you. I've missed you. You see the smile on my face? Uh, I can see the smile on your face. You can't see the smile on mine. <laughs> because why wouldn't we have technical difficulties day one here? If you look real quick, Chris, you're going to see a quick smile. And then it's gone. All right. Do you see anything? <laughs> All I saw was a Rough House logo. Well, fuck this. So Rough House 4.0 <laughs> is coming soon. So, hey, Christoph and I uh, had to take a little bit of time off, and we're going to get into that. We're going to get into some takeover. We'll get into Aztec Warfare, as promised, on the Mark and Lowell Show, because we are now proud members of the Realm Network. Thank you guys very much for having us uh, a part of your network, alongside um, Mark Ronick, Lowell Melzer, Vince Russo, Vince Russo, yeah, Kirk McEwen, and now no longer having to sneak around and do it at a radio studio anymore. Where <laughs> it's, had- it's amazing that I got away, we got away for doing that on company time for so long and hosting it on the damn website. Yeah, you guys should know that we did it like really on the sly for quite some oh, yeah. time. That uh, this was a real Anne Frank of a podcast. We were doing this upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> waiting for the old corporate Nazis to come pounding on the door. <laughs> so we got away with it for You're quite some wrong. time. Yeah, so uh, we're glad to be a part of Realm. This is like we're calling a soft launch. Next weekend, we hope to give you the full official Rough House 3.0. New yeah. elements, new intros, new advertisements, new everything. But we didn't want you to wait any longer than you wonderful OG 538 and beyond already have clamoring. They were clamoring to hear from us. They, they've missed us so much and we've missed them and we've missed each other. Uh, that missed was the, you. that they was yeah, the, fuck themselves, but I've missed you. <laughs> that was the other, you know, you know, good thing about our, our jobs that I got to see you every day. Now, uh, I, I never I, get to see you. I never get to see you and I miss well, you. We're going to see each other. We are going to get real gay real quick. Yeah. This is basically just going to turn into a real life version of the ass end of sausage party. And there's <laughs> going to be seen a it. lot of, uh, don't watch any of it except for the last 10 minutes when it breaks okay. out into a food orgy. And it's one of the most horrific things you've ever seen. <laughs> That's what we're going to do here. I definitely want to see that. I did finally watch Terminator Genesis yesterday. And? 
I actually enjoyed it. It wasn't horrible. I'll it, say that. It, it wasn't was great. Better than three. Oh, yeah. Slightly better than... Salvation. Four, Salvation. Yeah. And you could tell that they really wanted to do a good job, but they didn't. You know, they wanted to, but they didn't. No, I know. They they tried. I liked the uh I liked the older Arnold, you know. I didn't mind that that much. Um Yeah. The whole the the I like Amelia Clark in in Game of Thrones. She's a mother. Wasn't of a very good Sarah Connor. She's too short to be Sarah Connor. Yeah. She can like fit in your pocket, which I she's wouldn't mind petite. shoving her in my pocket, but mm. she's just too tiny. Like Linda Hamilton was you know at least five seven five eight and, and you know uh, uh, Daenerys Stormborn of House Targaryens maybe like five two she's just too short yeah and uh, and you go and watch it again and all you do is you think that isn't uh, uh, Kyle Reese that's Captain Boomerang <clears throat> and uh, he's Jai Courtney I want to like him I want to the last time I liked Jai Courtney was Jack Reacher with Tom Cruise. Which was not a bad movie. Really? Jack Reacher was... You know what? Jack Reacher to Tom Cruise is what... um, That Keanu film... Keanu Reeves film... John uh, Wick. John Wick. Yeah. Jack Reacher and Tom... And and I keep wanting to say Tom Wick. Jack Wick. (laughs) Big Wick. Jack Lynx. Yes, Sasquatch. Messing with Sasquatch, the movie. Yeah, Messing with Keanu. Those two films had no business being as good as they were considering who was in them. So I, I, I've both. seen neither. So John Wick is. I hear John Wick was phenomenal, great. and Jack Reacher is great also. And okay. Genesis worth watching once just to yeah. watch a bunch of acid get poured on a T one thousand, and then that, was that cool. bonkers fucking ending with uh, Doctor Who is Skynet. Spoiler yeah, that alert. was that was odd. Yeah, that was a little odd. And the kid and like the two Calrises, the comedy from J.K. Simmons out of nowhere just. Random, you know, slapsticky. Hey, I remember you from the department store. Blah 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 stuff. That was, that was right. yeah. I just got done being in like an Academy Award winning film that yeah. uh, that drummer movie where I just screened to children. Whiplash. Yes, Whiplash. Yes, not the fucking Fantastic Metallica song. The one about a really angry, pissed off J.K. Rowling. Yeah, and I, I, I didn't see I that mean, Simmons. Okay, J.K. So, hey, Rowling. J.K. Rowling. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> stupid muggle hit the drums on 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 Mark and Lowell. Um, I teased if you got to listen to that show again, it's on the Realm Network. We're proud to be a member of it. We're going to wait That's for R.E.L.M. R-E-L-M. By the way, guys. We're going to wait yeah. for the first official episode because I'm going to get into lightly but succinctly whatever happened to the Rough House version 1.0 and oh. Andy Peters and I. Uh, Who? What? Exactly. Yes. Yes. Why? Why he has been just cast aside? Why it's not ringing it's, a bell? No. Why it's going to take just as long for him to make it into our Hall of Fame as the Macho Man did to the WWE's? But no <laughs> one fucked Stephanie in this scenario at the age of sixteen. The Diamond King, I believe, was an alter ego of that guy. At the some Diamond point. Kings. Yeah, he was doing his cross country trip of vengeance. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. That's right. It was a lot of fun. We had him a part of it for a while, and then one day he and I had a phone call and never <laughs> talked again. So, on the first official Rough House 3.0, we're 
we will get into it. Now, we also need to discuss when we're going to be doing these because this is going to be... We're recording this right now on a Sunday after right. TakeOver, before Survivor Series. Yep. Chris and I are still in the in the process of figuring out what days work, what days don't. Our work schedules have changed. Yep. Uh, Ten minutes into this, I've already been asked by someone upstairs how long it's going to take. So... <laughs> Yeah, more things change the more they stay the same. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so we're we'll gonna, figure it uh, out. I mean, gonna, you know, I uh, you're very busy with uh, being the face of a radio station, and I'm very busy uh, helping poor people in Tennessee apply for disability. Yes. So there's <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of stuff happening in our we're lives right now. We're also recording this on two separate. Now this is us getting way behind the curtain here, oh, but yeah. this is we're recording this on two separate audio feeds that will be married together into one yep. audio feed. So as Correct. I click over just to make sure that I'm recording, as I am, my butthole tightens up to the point where I could snap a big pen in half because I don't <laughs> see any waveforms from you. But then I realize you're recording right. on your end, and my sphincteral declenched. Yeah, and sh- and shout out to uh, to Brandon and the Super Art Fight podcast. They gave me a couple ideas as to how to do uh, podcasts from people in remote places. So he recommended the Yeti microphones that we're using right now. Nice. Shout out Yeti Mike. Turn up. These and are nice. I, I like. They're these really things. nice. They're yeah, super these are nice. You'll also notice that there's going to be a little bit of a difference in audio quality as we continue to figure out our we'll recording spaces. Yes, we'll tweak. We'll make it happen. I'm in a, kind of a small room with. No audio dampening wall foam, anything. I'm going to have some audio bounce around. So if you're like, why am I hearing oh, yeah. a little echo or a reverb? Just know we hear it too and stick with us. And by yeah. the time the end of the year is out, we'll be uh, better than we were before. Or it'll just sound like this and this is what you're going to get. Yeah, you're going to deal with that shit. We've already got your money. Thank you to all our Patreon subscribers. <laughs> That's all to it that we use that money uh. to spend towards these Yeti microphones. We're able to do this because you good people that donated to the Patreon page, which mm-hmm. you can find at our Facebook links, were able to give us the money to continue to do this podcast. So dead serious. I was joking at the beginning that I only wanted to see Kristoff and fuck the rest of you. I only 50% meant that. You legit <laughs> helped make the Rough House continue forward. Yes. So, Chris, with that said, how have you been? I've been okay. Yeah, I've been uh, just busy adjusting to a completely different line of work. Um, you know, Tell I, people I, I, what you do now, because you just hinted at it like a minute ago. And yeah. It sucks. I, <laughs> I work as a disability advocate. That means um, that... Uh, the company I work for gets sent referrals to people in hospitals who patient advocates think that could be uh, eligible for social security disability. They send them to us. So we call them and um, try to decipher what the hell they're saying in their very thick Southern accents and try to determine whether or not we think that they'd be eligible to receive social security disability benefits. That sounds horrible. Yeah. As you could tell, this is a little bit different than scheduling Metallica songs and playing fart sound effects. Yeah. So I'm way out of my comfort zone here. (laughs) Ah, you're trying though, but you're, 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 you're you're doing the Lord's work. You're trying to make it happen. And, um, tell you what, that first, uh, non Hearst paycheck was pretty nice. I was going to say that thing got, uh, it got delivered. It's the size of a normal one. And isn't just a picture of somebody way high up in the corporation. Uh, taking a dump on a picture of your W-2 from the years right. of 2004 until 2016. Pretty much. So, uh, meanwhile, uh, same things with me. Uh, I'm now going to be recording from home. So, some of the tales to be told might change some. 
So Whatever do you mean, Justin? What? But the language will be the same. I've already let people know if you see a hat hanging on daddy's doorknob, don't fucking bother him. Or okay. I'm going to give up the goose about Santa. I'm going to oh. tell you. I'm going to tell you exactly what's happening. Uh, what, do, what do you mean? That it's me, you fuckers. It's me. I've always been Santa. Now, admittedly, <laughs> I do live in the North Pole, and I take mushrooms to convince myself that I'm there. But I'm going to go ahead and throw the Wii U out the window. I'm going to take a Peppa Pig doll and drown it in a fish pond, and you know who gets cut off of her MasterCard. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you knock on Daddy's door, there's going to be hell to pay. Watch your Shopkins videos and be quiet. Oh, so what do you want to go into uh, lightly first on this just Man. sort of mini Amu's Boosh episode of the Rough House relaunch? We've got Takeover that's passed, Survivor uh-huh. Series tonight. Again, tonight, this is being recorded yeah. in between Aztec Warfare, which has come and gone. Yeah. And there's an Asian lady game. Yeah. All right, let's let's start with that because I was I was watching uh catching up on Lucha the other night and I was watching it and then in the middle of the match uh, Black Lotus returns with a trio of female Asian ninjas. There's the Black Lotus gang has arrived in the temple and they took out Pentagon Dark. And I texted Justin immediately oh, yes, asking he if he had watched <laughs> oh, yeah. for that very reason. Because I know uh, Black Lotus is your um, is your speed. Huge fan. Yeah. Huge fan of her and on everyone of a similar origin. Right, and apparently the three, uh, the, the other members of the clan are like legit Japanese female wrestlers too. Yeah, I saw some of the techniques that they pulled off, and obviously Black Lotus drops a pretty nasty super kick. I, I, by the way, and we'll get into the, the minutia of the match in a second. Do you notice, and maybe this is one of the benefits of Mark Burnett and company with Lucha Underground being a non-live program and an edited heavily program, the snap and sound effects on the kicks... Yeah, and that show sounds like someone smacking two two by fours together. When anybody <laughs> gets kicked in the head, it sounds yeah. like you took a Louisville Slugger to a side of pork. It's true, and there was a sequence uh, sequence there re- about in the Actually, beginning of the match. You were it was right with sequence with the four it, ladies. Involved. Oh, a sequence! A yeah, sequence. it was. Matanza was number one. Johnny Mundo, who had a, a spectacular uh, vignette before the before the match started with Dario Cueto in the hallway, that was superb. That was, but nice. it was there was Matanza. It was uh, Johnny Mundo. There was Son of Havoc, and then the uh, first match or second match of Jeremiah Crane, aka Sammy Callahan, Super aka Solomon Crow. Back. Yeah, so he came down and he was like directing traffic with all these kicks, and it was he hit one on Matanza. Then he told Havoc to hit one on Matanza. Then he told Mundo to hit one on Matanza, and then all three of them kicked him at the same time. It was a great fun sequence to watch. But you're right, the sound was it, it, it was just ridiculously loud. The sound on those kicks are just brisk and nasty and awful, and and I and I like it, and I know that's not the sound that one of those no. kicks is legitimately going to make, but. It does it. add to it does yeah. add to the the the, the cartoonishness the, the the delightful yes. cartoonishness of the temple that is Lucha Underground. Now we did finally have our third Aztec warfare. Twenty yes. people enter. Dario Quater says Dario Quater says his brother Matanz is going to start off right off the bat. He's going to murder mm-hmm. everybody. This is for the title. Um, he gets Johnny Mundo to come in second instead of twelfth. Which was great, yeah. Which was great. I did like that backstage segment. And I, I got to say it again. Okay, Rumble did it first, but 
Aztec Warfare does it better with absolutely the allowing there to be pinfalls in submissions. Yeah. And it's quick. It's it's every 90 seconds somebody else comes back. Well, I mean, you got to squeeze it into a 42-minute uh, TV program, too. And yes. I'm sure it was heavily edited as well. But, uh, yeah, the the difference uh, is, is just staggering between, like, a rumble and the Aztec warfare. The pinfalls and submissions, the no DQ thing helps. And it, it not being over the top rope allows more access to outside of the ring and a lot of the fun stuff happened outside of the ring like like pentagon dark taking taking a uh, camera cable and basically like you know hanging matanza from his back which was great you had matanza just bashing Rey mysterio into the um into the greats that uh to the second tier you there was just a ton of great stuff joey ryan stuff again uh last year joey ryan in aztec warfare handcuffed himself to those the aforementioned greats, and then Mil Muertes came down and just yanked him off, and then murdered him. Or maybe it was from Tanza. It was one of the two. And then this time he's oh like yeah, this sm- was uh, this was yeah 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 Mil Muertes he uh, pulled the, the the handcuffs off and threw him right in the ring immediately. Right. Yes, and, and murdered Joey Ryan. And I have to say, speaking of Mil Muertes, he has become my favorite person on Lucha Underground. He is uh, effing scary, and while at the same time, he isn't infallible. He's not perfect. No, he's I mean, been really, pinned. He's been pinned. All their big guys have been pinned, which alleviates the problem that the WWE has with a Brock Lesnar. Right. To where Brock is just so far and above everybody, you just wonder who's going to survive him because you know they're going to protect him. Like you know, We'll get to that. There's no fucking way outside of a Shane O'Mac interference or the act of God that Bill Goldberg beats him. And or Hovling doesn't die in the middle of that goddamn match with Survivor Series. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, with, with the way they do Mill and the way they do Matanza, especially after Aztec Warfare, Cage, yeah. even Marty the Moth, who I got to consider one of their big yeah. heavy duty guns, who, by the way, came out like a fucking man on fire in that match. He looked he as good as he did since his match with Killshot, the weapons yeah. of mass destruction match where you're like, he's crazy, <clears throat> but he's also fucking really devastating. He is. He's a he's a hoss, and he's uh, he he's big. He hits hard, and surprisingly agile for his size. Like I, I'm, I'm enjoying everything that that the moth is doing as well. But yeah, like you said, Matanza finally got pinned. It had been a, a year in in terms of he debuted at Aztec Warfare two. The first time he got pinned was Aztec Warfare three, and it took like six people hitting hitting finishers on him to do it yeah. which is you know it's it doesn't make him look weak or anything it had it took a village to take down this monster it did it took everybody on the damned roster to get up in yeah. there and try and drop him and i thought that was fantastic that he was starting to look like matanza was going to retain my god right. who can do it and then not only does he lose the title by being pinned during it that the outcome of it, again, another Lucha first. Yeah. You got Sexy Star <clears throat> winning the title, which is pretty goddamn amazing. Uh, Consider that they, they were the first to have intergender matches. Then yeah. women beating men. And then women being your champion. And I don't think there's anybody else that could have done that, pulled that feat off other than Sexy Star. When it came down to Mil Muertes and Sexy Star, I don't, I, I don't care who you are. I swore no, it was going to be Mil. I swore yeah, it was going to be Mil. Nobody, nobody would think Sexy Star would have walked out of there, the Lucha Underground champion. But man, yeah. you know they they spoke in volumes to her heart and her uh, perseverance and her, you know, she's the true babyface, you know, aside from Puma 
Uh, she's she's the true, you know, underdog, the baby, you know, she, she's it. And to, to go against Mil Muertes, who has been this monster for two and a half seasons yeah. and just take everything that he's given and, and just give it right back and find a way, dig down deep inside and find a way to, to destroy or not destroy, but beat that monster. If only for three seconds, that was that was that was a shock. I wish I wish I was watching it live and it didn't get spoiled for me online. So I could have had that initial guttural reaction of it happening. I mean, I was shocked when I saw, you know, they they spoiled themselves. You know, it was my mistake for checking, you know, social media on Wednesday night afterwards. And, and Lucha Underground posted, congratulations, the sexy star, our first female Lucha Underground champion. I was like, what? Yeah, see, I avoided all of that stuff. I, I didn't yeah. realize it until you, you made it well aware that, uh, hey, this Aztec warfare is on. You got to check it out. Uh, now, now, this brings me to another point, which kind of will, will lead into takeover with it. When okay. Aztec Warfare first popped off, first go-round, wow, what a cool idea. Yeah. Second time, they really made a big deal out of it. This third time, though, and I, and I can say this leads into TakeOver, I feel like they need to do a better job, and the WWE, I feel, has dropped the ball a little bit on promoting the magnitude that is an Aztec Warfare, which is their Rumble, and TakeOver, which at the end of the day, I, I got to give like a nine, nine and a half out of five. It seemed like Aztec wasn't made as big a deal of as they should have in the lead up yeah. to it. They mentioned it. They did. They, they knew it was coming. There was plot lines of, you know, the, the three super friends and who was going to be the one to, to go in after that three-way and it's Drago. Yeah, and, yeah he lasted a cup of, for a cup of coffee in there. Yeah, exactly. He goes in and gets out an Aerostar. Meanwhile, I was thinking, what the fuck? We'd rather have Ben Gala part of this crew at this point. <laughs> Where's and Ben Gala? Where is that sweetheart? I'm pretty sure I saw him at a Barks Animal Rescue Shelter recently and <laughs> I fed him a couple of Whisker Lickens chewables through the cage. <laughs> and then with leading into TakeOver, I read this interesting thing on cage side seats about it wasn't oh my god joe and knock leading up uh who's gonna pull this off revival diy it was the it seemed the majority of people were like oh that's right there's a takeover this weekend yeah oh man i'd forgotten there was a takeover this weekend and that's a real shame because you got Survivor Series, which should be able to elevate it the same way when they did the TakeOver WrestleMania weekend and elevated right. that TakeOver. I yep. feel like they dropped the ball a little bit on making people well aware on their main programming. Yeah. SmackDown, Raw. Hey, there's also this third program. Because what's weird is they're advertising Survivor Series on the network. Right. But they're not advertising uh, that network I saw shows. very much. Network shows on their broadcast stuff, and that's what you need to do. You need to let people know, hey, there's this whole other program that's going to be fucking incredible. (laughs) And let's be honest, uh, Austin Aries is tweeting about this during TakeOver. The fucking bar's been set again by the TakeOver crew for the guys on Survivor Series to, uh, to try and match. Now, here's where conspiracy theory, Justin, comes in, where this has happened before, where they will do a TakeOver prior to a WWE event. And the takeover just fucking knocks it out of the park. Yeah. And then the main card event doesn't quite live up to what they saw at a takeover. Do you think someone somewhere was like, hey, maybe we shouldn't shine quite as bright a light on this admittedly, no one wants to say it, superior product and just put the focus on the big guys on the main card because if we keep talking about how great these other guys are and our main roster guys, which is supposed to be the brass ring, don't right. live up, it's going to make us seem a little silly. 
I don't know if that's the case, but it does seem like they've pulled off and pulled back on the promotion of these takeovers. Yeah, you know, they, they I don't remember them ever really hyping up any of the takeovers. Uh, you, they don't they don't need help selling the event because even, you know, the NXT had no problem putting 12,000 people in the arena last night and they didn't have any problem at WrestleMania. They didn't have any problem uh, at SummerSlam, the one before that one. <clears throat> so they don't need help putting butts in the seats. NXT, especially when they make a weekend out of a big event like these, yeah. like SummerSlam and Survivor Series, the big four, they'll probably do one before Rumble if I had to guess. I don't know. So they're making these the big four pay-per-views, these weekend events with these takeovers the night before or in WrestleMania's case, the Friday before because of the Hall of Fame. So they don't need NXT sells itself to the crowds going to these shows. Yes. But, you know, in, in terms of putting more eyes on the network, I don't know why they wouldn't try to hype this up. Do like a you know sprinkle in a couple not the full video package you know of leading up into the matches but just an edited version just to let people know of what stuff is happening especially you know with the Joe Nakamura match it was the rematch and physical and the the, the, the neck brace and the injury and then you and know, you're talking about airing these these like <clears throat> these mini video vignettes right. on like Raw and on SmackDown right like little hints of like okay uh, here's here's the authors of pain murdering someone here is right. Samoa Joe that if you're not really familiar because you're just a casual fan you might think to yourself look at this quick 10 second recap we've all right. been asking ourselves who's the guy that could take on Brock I saw this trailer for this uh, this Pacific Islander looking guy who looks like a yeah. fucking human bulldozer hi who yeah. is that guy and oh man Rollins is just this dynamic performer who could ever match what he's who is this fucking Asian dude that looks like Michael Jackson on LSD? I tease a little bit. Get get, yeah. get people dick hard for that yeah. stuff. Because it, I feel like, and we read this, remember we talked about this in one of the final Roughhouse version 2.0s, that NXT as a brand and a product has dropped off on the network. It dropped yeah. off severely. And some people are saying, well, it's because Bailey's gone. It's because Neville's gone. It's because... Uh, uh, Finn Balor's gone. It's because Sami Zayn is gone. They, you know, they didn't do a roster raid, but they did take some big guns. They took the yeah. They took most of the main event. But by God, the does top it card. seem like they're really doing a very good job in short notice of replenishing that NXT roster? Not so much the women, but with the they're getting there. They're getting there, which we got to talk about in a second. Um, with Joe and Knock are going to be. Uh, mainstays for quite some time. Um, it's going to be uh, like when God, who was it? When it was when it was Balor taking mm-hmm. on um, oh shit, Joe the, Balor and Joe, and then before or Balor that, and Owens, Balor and Owens. Yes, thank you. I was having a brain fart there. Uh, Owens and Zayn, all this. I think yeah. Joe and Knock are going to be it. The revival, what they're doing in DIY, are doing. Authors of Pain, their tag team division is robust again now. Yeah. Uh, there are NXT, Ty Dillinger, holy shit, the man is, he's he's something. He is to be built off of. And goddamn Bobby Roode is having a career resurgence. Meanwhile, former TNA guys, uh, Eric Young, Insanity. They're doing yep. something there that they have, okay, the elements are back. It's going to take some time to get them to Balor levels. It's going to take them time to get to... Owens levels again, but I think now is the time for the WWE to lend them a hand a little bit, build them up a little bit. 
Yeah, and um, oh, I just had a brain fart. Uh, yeah, I, my my brain just totally gave out on me. You know what I think the next big thing is going to be <laughs> if you want to pay attention to NXT in the <laughs> next year. I think prediction next year. Let's just kind of make a little mark. November twentieth, two thousand seventeen. Sure. Elite and some members of Adam Cole, Kenny Omega, Young Bucks will have made their way into the WWE. I think those are the final white whales for Vince and yeah. company. Omega is having too much attention paid to him through Rolling Stone, like Western media, not yeah. Eastern. We know he owns Japan, yeah. but they're doing articles about him and magazines. Uh, people are paying attention to this guy. This is a dude that's going to come in there and be able to get the comeuppance from a former failed WWE run and be able to ride the wave. I would say almost AJ Styles asks where they don't even need to send his ass to NXT. They'll they'll just put him and the Bucks up on main uh, roster, maybe. I I I don't I'm gonna disagree with you on that. I think okay. AJ's AJ's exposure on TNA and ROH for so many years definitely helped. Because um, New Japan has a lot of fans worldwide, and there's there's no denying that. But uh, with I don't think Kenny Omega, if he debuted at the Rumble, would get the reaction that AJ Styles got. I think I you know what I think would happen. I think he would get the reaction akin, if not even even slightly less, because the people that are paying to go to a Royal Rumble mm. are probably very well aware the reaction that he doesn't get is on a Raw or a SmackDown or where okay. he used to end Too up. Shy. He gets yeah. a he gets a special event pop. Does yeah. he get right. a TV show pop? Probably not. The now, next speaking, night, yeah. yeah. The next night, exactly. Now I'm thinking, as we're saying this stuff out loud, that if they were to grab those three guys down the line. I think Omega survives main roster, no problem. I think they need to learn from their mistakes with the Good Brothers by putting them on the main roster immediately. Yeah. They have not been what they were in New Japan in quite some time. I think the Bucks, the Bucks have some pretty major indie cred, more so than Omega in the States. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking almost, as I'm talking out loud here, you know what? Let me rescind what I was saying. Send Omega to NXT. Now that I'm saying yes. that out loud, send Omega to NXT. Put Bucks main roster because I think Bucks have a pretty heavy American presence compared to Omega. Um, yeah, yeah they, I think they, they'd go over pretty well on the main roster right now. I, I think I think you'll see them, and definitely if you put those guys up, uh, Cole they definitely want. Cole oh, yeah. could be another main NXT guy that is there for two years. Rec shop gets called up and is just ready to go. Yeah, I don't. I don't think putting Adam Cole right on the main roster is going to help uh, either the main roster or Adam Cole. I, yes, I think. I think you're right. I think NXT have him have him expose himself to the to the WWE universe, the NXT universe as a whole. I think that would be the best uh, route for him. But man, Adam Cole has come a long way in a, in a short time, and yeah, WWE would be foolish to not pursue him with a dump truck full of money. What did you think overall of a uh, takeover? Um, I, I didn't. Ca- I only caught two matches. I only caught okay. the tag match and the main event. Um, so, you know, the tag match, uh, and I knew. I even tweeted out yesterday. I, I knew that match would steal the show because the revival is just next level tag team uh, performers right now. And DIY, I'm a big uh, Champa fan from his Ring of Honor days, and Johnny Gargano is great too. Together, you know, better 
than you know most other tag teams out there. And I knew that match was going to be good. The match they had at Brooklyn was spectacular, and two out of three falls usually leads itself to some pretty magical moments. And man, you know, it, it, the pacing was great. It started out slow with them just wearing Gargano down, and you know the the first uh, Shatter Machine came out Holy of nowhere, shit. the quick early pinfall. Like Gargano almost broke his neck on that. It was it was great. A, a shock, you know. Usually it goes a long while, and then you get three relatively quick uh, pinfalls. But man, they they busted that one out relatively early. I'd say five seven minutes into the match, and then you had the you know the story of them fighting back, and then getting it, you know, getting their pinfall back. And then that last that, that third pinfall, man, that mini match of itself was was just full of great sequences when they tried each other's finishers i thought that was it like i was like great oh. exchange there oh they hit that shot and they hit that shatter machine hard they did they on, hit that shatter machine uh, as dash. good as the revival does it yeah this, this, to me the story of that match and it diy were superb uh, there's nothing i could even begin to criticize them about i just have to exalt the revival they, oh yeah and I, I think i brought this up a long while ago maybe it was after another takeover that i saw them do this where, and I don't know why, I don't see other tag teams do this. You know what? Fuck it. Let it be their gimmick. When they cut off Gargano, Johnny yeah. Wrestling in the ring, and were mauling him. And I mean uh-huh. absolutely mauling him. They did a move that the classic wrestling trope that's been done a thousand times, as much as the put your hands up on the air, lock up, and will the villain actually do it trope. Right. The ten yeah. times, are you going to hit all ten in the corner? The arm outstretched will he make it to his tag team partner so he can come in like a man on fire not against the fucking revival they'll swoop in cut the ring off and it looks like almost a football defensive play to where it's almost like sport Yeah, yeah they slide in they cut you off they scoot you back they play the defense in a team sport which is tag team wrestling yeah better than anybody i have ever Seen you get guys like the author of pain, the authors of pain, which we've I like them, but we've kind of seen this before. Two dominating guys, you right? You know, let's see, um, uh, the road warriors, let's see, demolition, let's see, most recently, uh, uh the ascension, acolytes, all that. This is uh, it's a, a different color of paint on the same car with these yeah. two, but Dash and Dawson, what they're doing is it's original, it is a heavy throwback with their attitude, no flips, just fists. But they do it at such a crisp pace. The the belt maneuver where he caught the belt. Yeah. Instead of hitting someone with the belt, he uses as a defensive mechanism. Is anybody really shattering their leg on a Corey Graves? Adorable. No. But <laughs> very cool. Speaking of which, Corey Graves, let's take that fucking hair bunny ears down about three inches. Because that, that front butt of hair <laughs> is getting to be the borderline cloth. cartoonish. It's yeah, getting it's to look a little, a little bit. It looks. It looks like a fucking Adult Swim cartoon. This had a hair on him. He but was. It was <laughs> it's Johnny Bravo. Oh my god, he looks like fucking Johnny Bravo. But that, uh, I said to you, that was probably, and maybe it's the haze of my memory from a weekend of abusing Xanax that I bought from an intern. <laughs> that it was the greatest tag team match I think I've ever seen. And it, uh, maybe some of yeah. the other ones were involving the revival and yeah. uh, the recently pretty badly misused American Alpha. I uh, can't recall seeing tag team action that good in forever. That's true. And I agree with everything you said about the revival. They'll even crawl under the ring to cut somebody off of a tag. And I, I love that. Oh, my God. 
spot when Dash fucking yeah. snuck under and pulled Gargano off to keep him from getting yeah. the tag. And that turn that pissed off Gargano even more, which gets yeah. the crowd even. You just you hold that nut off. It's just like that that yep. slow stroke where she's saying, "Hey, you're gonna pop like I'm good." And she's like, "No, you're not." And she just yeah. won't let you. And eventually, Edging. you do. You get edged. You get edged. You get you get, edged. You get Adam Copeland. You get did. Copeland. You right? get Copelanded. You get a Copeland, <laughs> which, by the way, uh, he is a great interview recently with um, uh, Art of Wrestling, Colt Cabana. Oh, really? Okay. Which, if there was an option for me to pay a couple of extra dollars for him to not do bad puns, I would pay five bucks a fucking episode. Because You're talking about Colt? Is, I'm talking about Colt. Because in okay. the middle of some fucking amazing stories... He's doing some open mic fucking wordplay that has me just wanting to do fucking front kicks into my stereo system. It's <laughs> it's a great interview that Colt is doing his goddamnedest to fuck up. So yeah, I'll have to I, check that out. I love you, bud, but let's let's fucking dial back on the shtick when someone's in like a deep philosophical conversation of what it means to be a wrestler, and then you right. hear like you hear the word like shaft, and all of a sudden you start to giggle uncontrollably. I, I stopped paying attention to Cabana because most of his guests are people I've never heard of and just really don't care about. Some, you know what? I, sometimes I enjoy those. I really do because he has such a storied indie wrestling career that some of these yeah. people are like, okay, maybe I will hear about them five or six years from now as they move up. Like I would have never known about um, uh, Osprey if I did, hadn't heard of him before right. talking to him. And some, hey, where have they been in your Virgil Vincent type characters? And more often than not, Colt does a pretty damn good podcast. I mean, it's the greatest wrestling podcast as far as popularity in the world. But goddamn, when someone's in the middle of a heartfelt fucking tale, let's back off the butt cheek shtick uh, because you heard a, you heard an opening. All right, you heard an opening. To well, do hello there. Well, hello there. <laughs> that's our well, bread and butter. <laughs> that's what we do. Okay, we're fucking stealing our shit. Gimmick infringement, Colt Cabana. Um, we're, the, we're the immature assholes. Before we get to the main event, I'll just give you the quick rundown. Uh, the, the, TM61, Authors of Pain, good, not great. Okay. Um, right. That was the one I was like, it's not a 10 out of 10. That was the matchup for me. I was like, eh. It's because Ellering, who I love, and I've said he's one of my favorite managers of all time. Yeah. He's a fucking trillion years old these days. No yeah. one is worried about Paul Ellering for the most part. So they put him in a cage above the wrestling mat. Which is a very old NWA sort of thing to do. And if it's if the person in the cage is terrifying, then okay. But it's just this scared old man hanging from the ring right. trying to watch this action. And there's a senior citizen on a pole thing going on. <laughs> and he just looks old and At least it's not Judy Bagwell. Man, he's about two or three steps back from Judy Bagwell <laughs> on a forklift, Paul Ellering uh, in a cage. Yeah, well, at least he's a, he's a known wrestling uh, personality. He's not somebody's mother. Come on. He, you're right. And that's what he is a power personality. He has a history in the business. But he does sorry, Vince look Russo. like an old fucking man. Yeah, sorry, Vince, of a of a network we share these days. Yeah, uh, I know. We we should probably we should probably lay low on uh yeah. on our on our Vince Russo smack. Yes, yes, I, I hear that there's a good chance we'll be talking to him soon. But we're uh, of different schools, and it's allowed to have different opinions on professional wrestling, so that's, yes. that's completely fine. At some point, here on the Realm Network, the Realm Network, which is we are now a part of proudly. Yes, at some point we'll get him on. Um, Mickey How James was Rude, uh, uh, Rude Dillinger? Oh, that was great. That was that started off, goddamn. You know what that reminded me of? It started off the night. You have to watch Rude's fucking entrance. I, it, I saw a clip of the intro with the choir doing the glorious thing and him Undertaker just taming it up. Undertaker wishes his entrance was this long. 
It was, <laughs> but I didn't give a shit. It was right. a choir, and it was great, yeah. and two Canadians, and they really sold. They really sold up Dillinger being a Canadian son, which really helped him out. Yeah, great match. Um, it was just it was technically sound. Nothing over the top spectacular. They took their time. It was, it was right. a little more old school than anything else. But their their body language in the ring was reminiscent of the Rock Hogan double turn at okay. WrestleMania, where they stared each other down and walked around, and that crowd was just eating it up. Yeah. Oh, they did. They did that quite a few times where they really took their time and sized each other up. This was a match. If you watch it. An Osprey ricochet match with the speed and the pace. Yeah. Watch this for the same reason, except for the opposite tempo. Slow and specific and okay. good. And they made Dillinger look to be a, a hometown hero that even in, in a loss, he stood up in the silent arena with no music and kind of gave a little bit of a wave and a head nod and the crowd popped right. for him. So everyone came out looking like fucking gold in this match. Well, my worry is that Dillinger's just the next in the long line of uh, a Tyler Breeze who's there forever and jobs to all the big guys and never really gets his chance to shine. I think that he's, you know, this perfect 10 character organically got over with, uh, albeit an NXT smarky crowd. I'm not sure how well it will go over. It'll probably go over just as well as Bo Leave on the main roster. But at least Bo Dallas was an NXT champion and they really haven't given Ty Dillinger a shot. No, they have him up against uh, your, your, your Aries and your Rudes and your Nakamura's and your Joe's yeah. and whoever. And he's always going to come up just a little bit. I was kind of hoping he'd put up the 10 hand signal and drop one thumb in and be like, I'm just a nine now. Because <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I do hope, yes, I, I, I fear I fear that you are correct. He is going to be the next Tyler Breeze. He's so good that he's going to work with anybody and make him look extra great, but yeah. he's not so good that he's the focus. But right. I do believe that you will see him on a draft at some point. Uh, don't, I don't expect there to be a new major feud for him, but he came out of this thing looking real good, so I hope that they take advantage of it. Well, you know, when you look at people who have come through NXT and have failed more or less so far in the male roster, on the main roster, where the hell's Apollo Cruz? I haven't seen that guy in, in like a month. Again, that was a botch. That was a botch. As it was far too as soon for him. him. Up. Yeah. So you have some that surprise you. Um, uh, Alexa Bliss, who I, right. I, I who's like been more great. And more. Yes, Alexa Bliss, who I like more and more. She's my favorite um, female uh, right now. What's her What's her fucking nuts? Harley Quinn. Um, that's her. Dana Brooke. No, Dana Brooke, Alexa Bliss and Dana Brooke. Both of them have done better than I thought they would. Dana yeah. Brooke with Charlotte was a weird kind of layover thing. Alexa Bliss, I thought was going to be an Apollo Crews situation. She's been good. She's been very good. She Apollo, has. She's, she's good. On, she's solid on the mic. And the, the matches she's had with Becky, I think, have been pretty damn good. Apollo, on the other hand, that is the definition of a premature call up. Yeah. That yeah, was that, that was it was it was Tyler Breeze had been there too long. Apollo Crude hasn't been, Apollo Cruz hasn't been yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Apollo Crude Oil hadn't been out to sea long enough for Mark Wahlberg to plug the hole in the fucking dam. He was way way too green on the NXT roster. He should have had a championship run there. He should have had a major feud there for a year, yeah, and then make it a big deal because he's he was still doing that. I can't believe I'm here bit when he came up. Like, I need right. you when you come up to do a, I Something. believe I'm supposed to be here. This right. makes Own it. sense. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, what, yeah. what about Corbin? Where, where's your head at on him as far as I'm? I'm I, I enjoy Baron Corbin. I think uh, you know he's he's just he's just a, a shithead. He's a, he's he a is. heel. I like his gimmick because he's a shithead. He's a shithead. I he's mean, he's a shithead. His gimmick is that he is a dickhead. And he I'm is, like, and he does I, it I really mean. well because I don't think he's acting. I think he's legitimately a shithead. Like he's doing what they tried to do with Ryback during that bully run, where they right. made Ryback a bully, yeah. but people were like, "Eh, we don't care." Like they're really making this guy like he's kind of a prick. Like he's definitely yeah. going to change your screenshot uh, wallpaper to a picture of his balls, yeah. and he will text your girlfriend a bunch after you told him to knock it off. Yeah, and, and that's another one of my problems with Survivor Series in that any other um, storylines that you had going on le- the month up to the month before Survivor Series just get thrown out of the wayside and all of a sudden everybody's friends because they're fighting for the greater cause in Team Red or Team Blue. And, man, it, it, it takes me out of it to see AJ Styles – and Dean Ambrose be all chummy chummy to beat up on Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho, but not as much. The main thing I don't know we're jumping around. Well, maybe okay. we'll get back to the to the NXT. But this pissed me off so much was Tuesday night on SmackDown when Bailey jumped in on a like a mugging. That of Alexa was a Bliss. weird thing, dude. You're you're spot on. That's I remember watching awful. that mugging and being like, "This isn't Bailey. No, she it's gives not. hugs and she kisses kids at ringside and she yeah. gives the fucking retarded girl her headband. She's not <laughs> jumping in on a gang initiation style beatdown. Uh-uh. What is this? I hated that so much. And if they're smart, they'll kind of use that into a storyline. Like, hey, you know what? I tried playing by by the rules. That that's just not me. I'm I'm that I, I you know and just have her hug everybody to death. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, oh my god. Ooh, excuse uh, me. Yeah, like, I'm, that was a big um, sneeze. Uh, I, I, I tried to be one of the cool girls again, and I got to remember what got me here. What got right. me here was just being me and being a sweetheart. Um, yeah, we, that really pissed I, me off. I, I have to jump in a little bit, but we do need to talk real quick. Um, we'll do a Survivor Series preview. Main event, Joe Nakamura was a fucking masterpiece of violence. Yeah, I mean, that was not a wrestling match, and I didn't expect a wrestling that match. Was a two guys who just are, uh, they kick. Two guys kicking and punching and, and throwing uh, each other around. And it was it was, it was was beautifully violent. It, uh, it told a good story. And Joe, you know, Nakamura, here's my thing. Nakamura is John Cena, but he's new and he's weird. So everybody's cool with it. But he is... The the super no selling powered up baby face Samoa Joe worked Nakamura's leg and knee for the first seven to ten minutes of that match and two minutes later when Nak started his comeback didn't sell that knee one bit and it pissed me off. You took the words out of my mouth. The only negative thing I had about that match because Joe sold some injuries. Joe acted all rocked up. Johnny Headrocker got his own head rocked, but yeah, yeah. he focused on. That leg quite a bit and the knees quite a bit. He knows yeah. that that is his offense. Right. Much like Hideo Itami, my my offense is kick. And yes. then there he goes. And we've said this before on the podcast. It seems like maybe it's good that Nakamura is in NXT to get used to the American style of wrestling. Because I, I'll watch some New Japan. Man, they won't sell dick in New yeah. Japan. Guys will sit there and maul someone's arm. And the next thing you know, they do a one-armed suplex with said arm. Right. I think they need to get him a little acclimated to the, hey, listen, this fucking massive Samoan meat dumpster just beat the shit out of your leg 
<laughs> and now you're out there doing the stanky leg with it and throwing yeah. pressing kicks and stuff. Yeah. Sell it. Go for a, a, a kinyasa, and then as you run across, your leg gives out. You couldn't right. do it. Your yeah. leg gave out on you. You couldn't handle it. The, the pain was just too much. Uh, like what happened with Sasha and Bailey, or excuse me, uh-huh. Sasha and Charlotte in the, um, the the Hell in a Cell, where there was a maneuver that yes. I can't remember what it was, but Sasha went for it, and her body gave out. Right. She was wounded. She was hurt. I don't know if that was real. I don't know if it wasn't. But in that moment, I wasn't like, oh, she fucked that up. I was like, oh, man, she's hurt. I Believe it. Don't believe it. Real, fake. Don't give a fuck. Part of the story. What takes yes. me out of it is when exactly what you said. He's in there throwing hurricane kicks. And right. Joe just spent all this time. It's like you undid all the story Joe just told. Right. He's the cool new John Cena. And I, and he. it took a dick kick for him to lose. And I'm happy he finally lost, and, you know, Joe is a shitty heel, so he should be taking the the cheap way out if he doesn't think he has what it takes or doesn't think he can do it. So I I have no problem with that. I have no problem with Joe becoming the first two-time NXT champion. I, I, you know, they're going to have another rematch because why the hell wouldn't he get a a rematch of the rematch? So, and then that match will probably, I'd imagine, would have some kind of stipulation. Uh, I think somebody on Twitter said something about a steel cage match at some point, Um, you know. Uh, does Nakamura get it back? Maybe. I don't yeah. know. Tommy is injured again. This time, not his fault. This was a, a, a botched um, power slam. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. He, uh, he, yeah. he he got rocked pretty well. Yeah, that was that was that sucks for him, man. So with us, it does suck because the dude is just he's snake bit with the injury bug, and yeah. admittedly, he has got a greased glass hill to climb to get yep. back to. The holy shit, Kenta is here when he first arrived because yeah. many, many, many people have walked that front door since you got there, homie. And yeah, a ton. A, yeah, they're already have, up on the main roster. Yes, on the main roster and holding championships, and you're yeah. having trouble staying healthy on NXT. So it's right. It can't be expected to, for NXT and the development center to have a uh, a, a thousand batting average. But it, no. it will be a shame if people look back on it in 10, 20 years and thought about what could have been for Kenta Hideo Itami because of him always being rocked up. Yeah, and this is a conversation for us to have next time we record. But I I, I believe that the, the, the batting average of the Performance Center, I remember us talking about a year ago and saying that it wasn't that good. I think that average has increased a, a fair amount of homegrown talent. But we can yeah, talk not, about that next yeah, week. Yeah, well, that, that's a, t- a conversation. Maybe you know, if you want to pencil that in when we do the official yeah. Rough House version 3.0 relaunch we're aiming for November 27th. For now, we're going to aim to do these on Sundays. Uh, this podcast, do you think it'll go up today? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to edit together. They said they should have it up at some point this afternoon. So. so we'll do a Survivor Series recap coming up. And we know it's very weird to do a, a podcast the day of a major event. So I don't want to get too uh, deep into that. Yeah, you um, have a minute. Let's talk I about do, I do, Goldberg, I do get, Goldberg I, I do, Brock. Let's, let's, yeah, let's because right now we'll, we'll get into the five on fives and all the other matches there in this fucking six hour ordeal. That's a conversation for another day. But Brock and Bill, I am freakishly excited for. Not like over the moon excited for. Not like I'm waiting for another uh, Matt Classic. Right. It's more of a morbid curiosity for me. Yes, absolutely. I'm watching this like a CM Punk Mickey Gall. But in the professional wrestling world. Right. I'm watching this as a guy who hasn't been around in quite some time. Who already says he's hurt his shoulder. Had a slip and fall with Rusev. 
is about to get in there with quite possibly the most dangerous person you can perform with uh-huh. in Brock Lesnar, Cia One Orton, comma Randy, Cia yeah. One Cena, comma John, as far as just getting fucking mauled from yeah. pillar to pillar. And this is an older man who I don't care how much Muay Thai training you've been doing and MMA stuff in the gym, you ain't going 100%. And Brock, his governor switch is... It's it's uh, depends on the the ebb and flow of the fucking tide. It depends on how his breakfast was that morning. It depends on yeah. if Sable put out. You're not sure what <laughs> Brock you're going to get in there until you're in there. And a yeah. dude of his age, I am hoping for a fun spectacle where Bill can walk afterwards. I I think that Goldberg is uh, probably in better ring shape than Sting was. So I I don't have the fear that I had with Sting in his matches. But, you know, as good a shape as Goldberg looks, and he looks like he's in great shape and and he has been training, you're right. He hasn't been in a a ring for a full, real let's go match in, what, 12 years, I believe is what everybody's saying. Yeah, I think 2004 was when he and Brock did it last time. And now now you're about to get in there. With the gold standard of destruction. And you were in there with Brock 12 years ago. That was Brock 12 years ago. And Brock has gotten better and more more vicious, stronger. He's bigger, uh, you know, whether it be, you know, from steroids or or actual whatever. Who cares? He's going to murder you. And my problem with this match creatively is I, 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 I can't see a scenario that Brock can lose this match with uh without some kind of dusty finish and why would you bring Goldberg in just to have him lose like it's the same Sting situation like his his one big I mean obviously this was the WrestleMania was Sting's first match in WWE so there's a little more to it but you you're bringing in this this old heritage guy from from a bygone era and you're bringing him in and uh, against somebody who's in a lot better shape and has been doing it more frequently and there's no believable way where he wins. I have a feeling that this is going to be, like you said, a bit of a sting style situation where they bring him in. Uh, I don't know if it's the, the conspiracy theorists of which I many times sit at the dining room table of are, Hey, this is the final big WCW guy that we can squash with our WWE guy. What have you? I have a feeling it's going to be a dusty finish. Brock will lose via a Shane McMahon interference of some sort. I have a feeling that they the big rumor right now is they're setting up Shane and Brock for WrestleMania, which I'm not terribly into. I feel no, like we're either. gonna see I feel like we're gonna see the seeds sown for something tonight. I'll just I'm just gonna throw out a guess and say it's Shane. But I think that there's gonna be a third element in this match that's not Heyman. There's gonna be something. There's gonna yeah. be someone that screws the pooch, fucks Brock out of it. He's furious, and that walks us up to Rumble and then Mania. I think the seeds are sown tonight for that, and I think Lesnar is a one-and-done. Maybe Lesnar comes back out on Raw. Uh, that was great. I'm going out on a high note. Out comes Brock. Fucking murders him. Rolls his limp body out of the ring. Get out here, blank. How fucking dare you involve yourself in my matches, and then moving forward, we have them. Yeah. I'm okay with that. You know, if it if it leads to Shane versus Brock at Mania, you know, it, it's it's another lopsided how the hell is this going to work? There's no way Shane can win this. Uh, I still love your idea from last year of Brock Lesnar murdering everybody in the Royal Rumble, and I really hope they do that at some point. But I pray for that one day. Just Brock loses his mind. He goes in the Rumble, kills everyone. 
and then it's him, Mania versus the champion, which whoever that might be, which I would love to see a terrified Owens who has to put yeah. all the shtick and all the silly on the shelf and just be the kill Steen kill type character that we know he has inside of him. Oh, yeah. We'll see how that plays out as Survivor Series is on tonight on the WWE Network, forty nine ninety nine a week. <laughs> and yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be try I'll try to tweet us and and update the Facebook as as we go through that. Um, so yeah, and I also wanted to uh, to mention Cheap Pop. I need to get a plug in um, for uh, my wife. Now, uh, over the past year of uh, of doing this podcast, there's there's been a, a lot of talk of my wife having problems, my wife being sick. Um, just to get real for a second, um, my wife uh, has been diagnosed bipolar. And uh, struggling with that right now. She started a blog. Uh, it's the tornado with pretty eyes.com. And it's chronicling her, her, her struggles um, in being bipolar. And it's, it's real. Uh, it's, it's, she opens up completely on there and it's, it's, we're trying to, trying to raise awareness and stop the stigma that is associated with mental illness. Bipolar is a thing. It's out there and it affects people's lives in a lot of different ways. So I I know we're all dick and fart jokes and, and, you know, Bailey's ass and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, life, as we've said so many times gets in the way. And this is something that, uh, I'm dealing with personally and with my wife and we're trying to get through this. So any extra eyes and retweets or whatever, whatever the tornado with pretty eyes.com is her blog. Uh, if you guys, could uh you know give it a read and uh share it with some people and uh help uh stop the stigma of mental illness i would greatly appreciate that let's get that up let's get that our facebook page let's tweet that out and again we encourage the og 538 and beyond to uh spread that the tornado with pretty eyes plural.com and then look forward to it next week the official relaunch elements (sighs) intros commercials way better sounding audio. I'll be able to see Chris. Maybe there'll be some sound (laughs) effects in this thing. We just didn't want you to wait any longer. So we thank you for just letting us uh, do a little something, a little soft launch, a little teaser trailer for the new rough house. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for spreading the word. Thank you for the Patreon, 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 continue to fucking donate to the Patreon. And this is also a professional podcast network we're on right now, the Realm Network. It's true. And what that means is that we need listens, downloads, ratings, and social media impacts because they will fucking drop you if this they does will not tr- get listened to. <laughs> there have been professional wrestlers on this network before that have had shows that went tits up because they didn't, uh, they didn't work true. as hard as I think we're going to. So it's true. just do that for us. And it, and it was a huge guy. Spread the word. We need to stay on this thing. They're helping us do this. <laughs> I can't not do this. Because this Please, is need, not doing this for quite some time. Uh, it's been it's like, really what, two sucked. months? Two months? And I don't want it to suck anymore. No, no, no. So keep the only, making The it only not sucking suck. that's happening... Wait, what? Or it's going to suck. Hmm? It's not going to suck. Suck. Okay. Sh- suck at Trebek. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for Later, listening. Suckers. Thanks for the money, assholes. <laughs> Yeah! The Rough House Podcast is a free, twice-weekly podcast that we provide to you for free. 
Since it's free, you have no right to bitch about anything we say or post. Since it's free, you are expected to take our word as law. Really? Our ideas as genius. Really? Our videos as Oscar-worthy. Really? And given that it's fucking free, we need you to tell your fellow IWC nerds about the show. Tell them it's free. Everyone has a price for the Million Dollar Man. Tell them it's free to follow us at RoughHouseSGW on Twitter. It's also free to follow us at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast. It's super F-R-E-E free to subscribe to us on YouTube too. Tell your nerd friends to listen to The Rough House on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. Don't forget to lick a Lincoln, drink some penny tea, and always be mark as fuck. And if you're not down with that, we got two words for ya! This is the, the Rough House, Rough Pod- House uh, podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network.